You're about to listen to the words and teachings of Pastor Shola Oshimakide of the household of David. Be blessed. Hallelujah. When we walk with the Lord in the light of His Word, what the glory sheds on our way. Honestly, it is possible to be happy, to be full of joy every day when you understand the systems of God, when you understand the things of the Spirit. Hallelujah. Amen. The glory of the Lord is seen as we apply our hearts and ourselves to His Word day and night. So we just want to read something tonight, and that's why we are here, to listen to the Word of God. Hallelujah. Until your level of, your level of joy in life, your level of dominion. Now, when we say dominion, it doesn't mean against the forces of darkness only. But we are talking about circumstances of life. And when we say that also, we need to clarify, not only that you win always, or by your definition of winning, at times to grieve you, to offend you. When somebody does evil to you and you respond in love, now, what Africans think is victory is what, when God deals decisively with your enemy. <laughs> yeah, that's very common. So many people are very cautious. They, they won't go to deal with all their enemies. But the bigger, big, bigger victory, as they were stoning Stephen, right there on the spot as he was dying, he found himself saying, that, Lord, do not lay it against them. Brother, that is victory. That is a part of the cross at work in the life of a man. When they crucified Jesus Christ, it was Judas that betrayed Jesus. As he was coming to the garden with the mob, check one of the versions of the Bible. That should be, I don't know whether the accounts of Luke, you know, the story is in Matthew, it's in Luke, it's in Mark, and I think it's a, a bit of it in John also, how Jesus was crucified. When he was at that garden of Gethsemane praying, when Judas showed up with the mob to arrest him, Jesus referred to Judas as friend. He said, friend, you betrayed the master with a kiss. And somebody brought out his sword and chopped off someone's ear. And Jesus put the hair back and he was still arrested. And finally, as he was hanging up on the cross, what was the last thing he said? He said, Lord, forgive them for they know not what they are doing. When we say a Christian dominates everything, it means that you respond according to what the will of God, according to the fruit of the Spirit in all situations. That is how we win. It's not that we win every argument, that when we talk, they keep quiet. It's that at times they hold insults at us. And instead of responding back, you respond in love. Hallelujah. You see, when you don't understand this, you're going to have a lot of frustrations in life. At office, at home, and this is the foundation of every problem. People not having understood very well the things of the fruit of the spirit is the reason. Either somebody is not patient enough. Why are some people angry about God not answering their prayer? They do not know that everyone's the way they measure time is different from the way they measure time. And there are things you are asking God for. If they are giving to you, they will destroy you, so He will not give them to you. By nature, children are very impatient. If I made the mistake of telling my daughter that I would get her something, you have... <laughs> I know many of you parents will understand that. For the rest of the day, you are in trouble. One day I said that. She asked me, I said, when I'm going to travel out again? I said, okay, very soon. And every day. The same day in the afternoon, she came to me. That, so when are we going to America? I said, <laughs> it's not too easy we are going to now. That we just enter car and say we are going. Say, you, you don't have a visa yet. <laughs> But that is the way they are. And that is how people also bombard God and harass God. I wanted to do something for them. Are you with me tonight? Praise the Lord. Especially in these last days. We must know the things of the Bible and know them very well. Honestly speaking, what Nigerian Christians are known for is not the best part of Christianity. We are known for being loud, being, you know, being religious, being loud. Even though when we get to the office, we are as angry as every other person, and we want our God to kill some people. We, we have people, and we do not understand that this is not how a New Testament Christian should live. 
We want those who offend us to pay for it. We feel anointed when somebody touches us and God deals with a person. And this has to be corrected. The times that we are getting into, every church must be able to explain from the Bible why you do what you do. A church that is rooted in the word of God, the noise outside can affect them. But to affect a church that is built on hype, built on many things that are not on, on God's word. Are you with me? Praise the Lord. Are you following me? Praise the Lord. Okay, so let's read John chapter 15. John chapter 15. Amen. Hallelujah. John 15. The Lord wants people to do things because they love him. I remember some years back. Thank God that I love to answer in a very simple way. Some, some, some years back, it should be about four or five years ago or so, somebody stopped me after and said, you have never talked about false fruit before in this church. That what is false fruit? It was from a church where every January they give out their, their entire generation. And I, and I told the person that, well, I can't find that in the Bible. But there is nothing you do if you are doing it to honor God that God will not bless. I said, but to make a doctrine out of it, I can't find that in the Bible. I said, that's why we don't do that in our church. I cannot make a doctrine out of what I cannot defend from the God, Word of God, especially the New Testament of the Word of God. However, I told the person that Proverbs says that honor God with your first fruit. So what is first fruit? I said, I don't know. I, it can't exactly be defined. But one thing I know is that a grateful soul, if God does something for you, for me, I want to respond first of all by blessing God back. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. If I have been at home for two years praying for a job and I get the job, I don't want to buy jeans with my first salary. I think the act of gratitude demands that I give back to the one who gave me the job. Since for several months I will receive several other salary. But when uh, you want to say that it cannot be turned to a doctrine one and then, and then number two, you see, one thing about doctrine is that you hook people to it. Those who don't exactly believe in it, they do it because they are afraid of the consequence of not doing it. And Jesus doesn't want people to follow him that way. There is so much debate now about Titan. But you remember, if you, everybody go and get my message in August last year, or July last year. I traveled, I came back, and I said I was going to have one Sunday because I wanted to, I wanted to teach on money. And I emphasize the fact that Abraham was the first one to give Titan the Bible, and he gave it as a matter of worship and love by faith. After Abraham, it was institutionalized into law. It's under the law that I carry course. And I said at that time that a Christian is blessed in Christ who cannot be caused. So we don't give because we are afraid of causes. We give because we love God and because Abraham, our father, did it by faith. Is that understood? That is what they cannot explain to all these people who are making noise around. And sincerely, many people have been guilty of every Sunday. I'm sure you haven't seen me asking Titus to come out for special blessing. And people have been harassed. People are saying, it doesn't make those exercise people wrong. Those are, they are just making a see. What people don't know is that those who are speaking against the church are not trying to defend the church. They are trying to destroy the church. But they look for something genuine to talk about. That's why popular ministers should not answer them. The whole idea is that a person who has never been to your bedside to pray for you when you were sick, a person who doesn't intercede for you, who has never brought up his Bible to go and preach anywhere, is suddenly a theologian teaching people what to do in the Bible. Someone says you tell people that this is dangerous. Can you call someone you cannot call when there is crisis, when there is crisis in your marriage to intervene? So you cannot call when it's time to when, to pray for you. I need to is the one that is telling you what to give and what not to give. That is madness. And some are falling for that. It's a trap. Amen. Local assemblies are set up by God. We cannot say things have not happened in the generation before us that are not very pleasant. That's why the bottom line, every church should go back to what is clearly taught in the Bible. If you are rooted in the Word of God, and if all the practices of a church have their basis in the Bible, you have nothing to worry about. But if not so, then they have to go back. So a lot of churches have to go back and check the word of God as a foundation for everything that they do. I said it with all that. I don't mean to be disrespectful in any way, actually. I found that actually 
many preachers can't even explain why they do most of the things they do. It's just a tradition that is handed down from one They cannot. I said the results sincerely, and I don't mean anything. There are many people, bishop, if they tackle them on title bishop, they cannot defend why they are called bishop from the Bible. They can't defend it. It's because we copy whatever we see. And some of the way I was taught in school is to be able to defend biblically whatever you are doing. To be able to. So when that person asked me, I told the person that if I, every advancement I make in life, I give the first thing to God. I said, but I cannot institutionalize it. Because it cannot be on, on the ground of doctrine. But those who are close to me, I tell them. Many people here, they get a job, they give their first God, they believe in. Not because I taught you, but because that's the right thing to do. So, so feeling your heart that something is right, or to legalize and to legalize it as a doctrine, there are two different things. The second one is dangerous. You can only legalize what the Bible legalizes. Are you following me? Praise the Lord. Is somebody with me? I think the fear of many people is that if they tell people that they do it in love, and they don't tell them that heaven will shut on them, that people will be afraid. People might not respond. The sincere truth is that you should train your people to love God rather than to fear Him, to do everything out of fear. When people love God, they genuinely. I know too many people here, not under compulsion, they give heavily because that's what they believe. That's what I believe. The spirit of the king will be in the kingdom. That's what we believe. So we, we can't enforce it. And say, so, okay, if you don't, this is and this will happen to you. But the truth of the matter is this. A part of the Old Testament is also part of the New Testament. What sums it up is found in Paul's letter in the New Testament that he that soweth sparingly will reap sparingly. If I started by saying that God is not mocked. Some of the people like to carry this kind of noise and they hate the idea of people giving to God and they will cheat a lot of people of their faith. Because you can't violate what Paul said that if you give sparingly, you reap. That's all. And then it's commonly said all around now that give to the poor, don't give to the nonsense. They have not read that. And they are claiming to be following New Testament. They have not read New Testament. Barnabas sold land, he brought it to church and the church was one that distributed to the poor. That's the pattern in New Testament. Does it mean we cannot give to the poor? We can. But the Bible recognizes the church being the center of distribution. That's what Acts of Apostles teaches. Are you following me? Praise the Lord. So the Bible is the Bible. Noise is noise. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. Are you with me? Mm. Praise the Lord. But that's not to respond to anything. I, I don't have business response to I'm just teaching us what is right and what is wrong that we might follow. As an, indi- as, as, as an individual, learn to always look into the Bible yourself. Whatever you are doing, go back to the Word and find out, am I standing on the Word foundation? I'm practicing a, a tradition. This is very, very important. Amen. Let's read John 15. Uh, let's look at something, John 15. Hallelujah. You know, it's like when you say to people, like, for instance, now, that no matter how many sins a Christian commit, God will forgive him, it will sound like, okay, people will start doing something wrong. The sincere truth is that if nothing is wrong with it, no scripture will make you want to do something wrong. Something wrong is already wrong inside you. That's why you will say that because they say God will forgive him many times, so let's keep doing it. God will forgive you. That's not the question. The issue is that you are delaying your maturity. You are delaying the realm you should be walking in. You, in kingdom of God, we repeat very well. You can be class one where your mates are necessary. Hallelujah. So briefly, I, w- I want to talk about growth tonight. See, the Bible said that we, that we henceforth be no more children, tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. Where is that? That's Ephesians chapter 4. Let's start from verse 15, 16. Let's just Ephesians 4. Are you projecting tonight? Ephesians 4, verse... Let's, I just want to read something before we go to John 15. Hallelujah. Your Christian life is measurable. Now, by speaking the truth, go by verse 14. That we henceforth be no more children. So God expects us not to be children forever. And this is what happens when they are tossed to and fro... And carried about with every wind of doctrine. Somebody might have been in church for 30 years and still be a child. 
when I see the way people debate and talk about it, it shows that there are many children in the body of Christ, and it's painful. That when so be no more carried about by the slight of men, cunning craftiness, smart guys who are lying, waiting to deceive many. But speaking the truth in love, we may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, which is the head, Christ, even Christ. We grow up. John chapter 15. Let's read something from John. You know, why I'm, I'm talking about this is that there are so many, I'm not only preaching those of us that are here, there are Christians all over the world who are in the church and they are, and they are not growing. They are not growing. And that's dangerous. You are not growing. So, Jesus said, I am the true vine. And my father is the husbandman. Verse 2. Every branch in me that beareth fruit, it taketh away. That beareth no fruit. Everyone that beareth fruit, it pointed that they may bring forth more fruit. Hallelujah. Go to verse 6. If a man abide in me, if a man abide not in me, it's cast as a branch and it's withered. Verse 7. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done. Verse 8. Herein is my father. This is what pleases my father. This is how he's glorified. That you bear much fruit. So shall you be my disciples. Say it loud. Everybody say much fruit. Can you tell your neighbor, everyone is counting. Hallelujah. You know, sometimes I wonder, I want to ask some people that for how long will it take your carnality to go? So, the Bible is saying that my father is glorified when you bear much fruit. My father dances. He rejoices in heaven when he sees your life and he sees that you are growing. Matthew 21, let's read verse 19 from there. My father is glorified when you are bearing fruit. Hallelujah. And when he saw a fig tree in the way, he came to it. This is Jesus. And found nothing therein, but leaves only. Ah! He said to it, let no fruit grow on thee hence forever. And presently, the fig tree withered away. Hallelujah. Jesus was coming one day. <laughs> Hallelujah. And he saw a fig tree and he thought there would be fruit on it. Now other, tra- other pa- passages, um, some other uh, uh, portion of the Bible that, that talk about this same story. They say, for it was written in brackets in one of, the, one of the books. This is Matthew version, maybe Luke. That for it was not yet the time for the thing. For see, here is the thing. There is what you think is your time. And there is God's time. For it's Apostle Paul said to a particular church in, in Hebrews chapter 5, when you ought to be teachers, you are still being taught. At that level, those guys still thought that they should be taught the word of God. But Apostle Paul was saying that by revelation I can see, you ought to have passed the level or the classroom where you are right now. You are still in that class. Are you following me? So that must have happened there. According to the season of men, the tree felt that this is not the time to bring forth fruit, so I'm not going to bring forth fruit. But when Jesus got there, he felt that, no, when I need fruit on thee, is when you are expected to have fruit. And then, there was no fruit. So Jesus caused the tree. Now, of course, Jesus won't cause anybody. <laughs> but there's something we can learn from the story that there is, uh, we can learn about God's attitude towards uh, when a person is not productive. Towards barrenness towards unfruitfulness he has this negative i don't want to say anything negative from god but let's say god is grieved when you are not productive and it's good for people to know for it is established that here is my father glorified that you bear much fruit the father wants you to bear much fruit now there are many ramifications there are many levels there are many realms of this but let's look at one let's look at galatians chapter 5 I want to start from verse 15, verse 16, about the fruit of the Spirit. The reason is this. When things are right with you as a Christian, you will be a blessing to so many. When they are not right, you will reduce, wreck, discourage, 
the faith of many people. How many Christian homes are worthy examples to people who are non-Christians? That they come there and they find the peace of the Lord. If it is not so, these fruits of the Spirit are missing. If you want to get married, hear me very well. If you are not rooted and grounded in the practice of the fruit of the Spirit, you are going to have a lot of problems. Are you following me? What sustains a home is not the anointing. The anointing has its own part. Thank God for prayer. But what really sustains a marriage is the fruit of the Spirit. Being demonstrated mutually. Not from just one person. What causes workplace, especially a Christian office, to be very wonderful is the demonstration of the fruit of the Spirit by the people in the office. Ability to forgive. To let go. Hallelujah. Not to try to impose yourself and your idea on every other person. I have examined all my life. You know, I deal with, I've read books, I've watched TV, some African magic, some real magic, as in real life. You know, I've seen, I've seen all sorts. And I've come to realize, one of the reasons why some men punch the lady is the same thing. A man hits a woman because you want to dominate. So it starts with words. You talk, she talks back. Then you get angry. Are you answering me? You want an answer whereby you are the winner. So you give her. And when she's crying, she can't talk back. Then you feel like a winner. What a pity. If you talk again, I will show you. So you need to show it now. That shows all along. You wear it. Now you want to show it. <laughs> if a president begins to say, do you know I'm the president of this country? It means that the author- something is wrong with the authority. Because when authority is obvious, you don't talk about it. When you have to tell a woman that, do you know I'm the man? You are probably, you haven't been a man. That's why you need to say it. And you are telling her that, don't you know I'm the man? If you are the man, it should be obvious. Are you with me? Praise the Lord. (laughs) This I say, then, this is one of the things, one of the ways to grow. But I don't want to go to steps tonight. Maybe we do that Wednesday. We just want to talk about what it means to be productive. What does God expect? Walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the laws of the flesh. For the flesh lost against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. Anytime you want to do the things of the Spirit, your flesh will hinder you. Many of you, many people all over the world have walked up their flesh so much that it contradicts. Some, when they are praying, they know it is wrong to boil in anger. But as not as they they don't know when the boiling will start. Hallelujah. And what will start pouring out of people's mouths. And then later they realize that I shouldn't have said what I have said. Because the spirit, they are born again. The new man inside is now at war with the flesh outside. And the war is a serious combat. The flesh tries to. Tries to. Exert its influence. Hallelujah. You see a post, he says, you want to love them with pure love, but something colors the love. Now the Bible says, for the flesh and the spirit, and these are contrary one to another, so that you cannot do the things that you would. You want to do what is right. You want to talk to everybody compassionately. You want to show love, but it's not coming out that way. Now, next verse. If you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Verse 19. Now, the works of the flesh are plain. They are manifest. Which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, I don't know, recently it's been coming to my mind that next time we do marriage seminar, we should talk about marriage, divorce, and remarriage. Oftentimes in the church, we forget to know that there are people among us who are divorcees. Um, what exactly is the Bible position on divorce? 
and remarried. We are going to look at that very soon. We, we don't need to pretend to marry because some people think that a Christian can never, should never, and once somebody leaves, that is why several women have been killed by their husband. See, these are mistakes that the church have made. She's at home being pounded like pounded yam. And elders of the church, they keep telling her, just endure. You know you cannot live, just endure. At least by now, you know I'm radical enough not to say those nonsense. Just endure, and then she dies. God will ask every of those elders about the blood of the lady. Yes. Hallelujah. About the blood of the lady. She is not able to somebody who answer. What does the Bible exactly say about this? We are going to look at it. What is by I'm not saying the Bible is for divorce. You will, I will not say what the Bible is not saying. When we get there that day, I will just show you different scriptures and leave you to decide what the Bible is saying. <laughs> Amen. The reason that if you are not planning to divorce, you shouldn't be too familiar with them. But you can have somebody with them. Hallelujah. But you see, the way some people are going, it's better they know it very well. Because they are about to marry in such a way that angels will come up. I don't know why you see trouble and you put your head there. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seduction, heresies. So these are the works of the flesh. There are plenty. Envy, murders, drunkenness, rebelling, and such like, of which I tell you before, as I have told you in the past, that they will do something shall not inherit. This is where the message that says that you can do anything is wrong. Paul made it clear. Those who do something shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Next verse. But this is where I'm going. But the fruit. So when the Bible is saying that God wants you to bear fruit, there are many types of fruit. On Sunday we started with one man, Daniel. The relationship with God was so authentic that they came bow to him and said, I say, let everybody serve the God of Daniel. What are people saying? about your Christianity. Some have lived in such a way that some people have vowed not to have anything to do with church again because of some church people. Gossip, backbiting. I remember, <laughs> oh God, one lady when we were growing up, so she got born again and they kicked out of the family house. She was, she was in secondary school then. And she was staying with this young couple, the home of their, in their church, they just believed that you must suffer and suffer well for Christ. So the husband and wife will eat bread and tea and egg and, and then they will tell her to eat something from yesterday. They put her in a room. She couldn't touch anything. And they told her that you are sorry for Christ. So suffer very well. After some weeks with them, she passed her load and went back to the house. That I went to beg her father. I apologize for being born again. And she unborn again. <laughs> the love of God is still over. I no doubt about that. But circumstances made us to take some wrong decision. When we say a believer, my mechanic was talking to me one day because one pastor sold a car to them that was terrible, collected all their money, and he's a Muslim. He just said that, you know, I said, I know you, sir. I said, I'm just saying, sir, there are some names that if you want to do bad, you remove those things from your name. I said, like, I said, like pastor. And the man should have just told us, okay, I'm Wale. <laughs> so that you can. He said, but well, when you had passed up to it. Some of the, you know, um, in these last days, because the knowledge of the word, I, I don't know why I've been saying this for a long time. Scripture, you know, started speaking in tongues and all those things in Nigeria. In the early days of scripture, you know, nobody was running around to one prophet or the other. It is people looking for sudden miracles that have made this popular now. So they said that you open your Facebook, you see a pastor telling members to lie down, he's walking on their stomach. And the idiots are there. And they cannot go. And then you, it, it will grieve you. And when people will talk, they categorize all of us pastors together. Only that I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Sometimes it's hard to say publicly that you're a pastor. Because somebody is looking at it that very soon we ask for their tithe. <laughs> Even in public area. And it's because of what some have done. Telling members to eat grass and they were eating. 
You know, you just ask, where, where, where are these things coming from? There's a TV station that is full of all kinds of church channels. I was showing you here. Because since he's been working in the office, he has never seen me watch it before. So I say I used to watch, but I stopped. Every channel, you are doing deliverance, you are making camera people to show their faith. A witch is confessing. Something that many times you arrange. You are showing a witch to confess that you are showing. So you want all the people in the house to know that she be witch. The spirit of God doesn't like to embarrass anybody. People are running on the floor. You have the camera to show so that they can see where. To show that you have power. What? And what is power in making somebody roll on the floor? How many people did Jesus make roll around? And you know, this is, honestly, in as much as I'm opposed to those who go up, I know a few pastors who do videos, and some of you know the people I'm talking about, who mention names of the pastors are abusing them and everything. I'm against that. But at the same time, when I look at the practices of some people also, it's terrible. And you begin to wonder that don't people have enough word of God inside them to know? I was watching, I say even there are those, see, there are those who, who go for real occultic power. Kudos to those ones. They feel that we need power. So they go to get it from the devil. So that they can impress people, so they call for them and they're fine. I was looking at one, I say even this one, you don't even know how to do it very well. Hey, someone, he was like, he said, you, you. Then you went somewhere. Then they said something. Said what they said, you didn't hear, but they said something. That's why I'm going to pray for you. So I told the supposed person, I said, what are they saying? <laughs> they will always say something. <laughs> and the lady to nail that, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. I said, like, what did they say? I who said it. And they showed me a bit of spiritual stunt. By being a little more accurate. Say something. Where did they say it? Who said what? It's, it's amazing. <laughs> Hallelujah. They are affecting the sincere sharing of the gospel. I think I took a man up on this street a while ago. We're doing evangelism. I said, is it not money? They didn't know I was passing away. Is it not money they collect in your church? Have you been to the church before? No. So how do you know they collect money? These are news filtering around. And it's the enemy to debar the gospel from spreading. And it's bad. In our prayers, we have to ask God to separate the wheat from the chaff. Hallelujah. The level of occultism around now is unprecedented. It's serious. All because people want crowd. They want face. They want to impress people. So it makes it difficult. Like a pastor was telling me, he's a very, he's a very excellent teacher of the word. That when I hear the word prophet, I get scared. That I don't know. He said, I know very well to know that there are gifts of the Spirit. He said, I operate some. He said, but nowadays, I, can, I'm, I almost get a little scared when somebody wants, because I've seen too many voodoo and things around. That when I see a genuine prophet, I measure them very well. Check inside out. And that's the case, truly. It is now difficult to see a prophet that is genuinely anointed. Because of what people have done. So this is why when a Christian gets money from somebody and you don't pay back, they tell so the, the fruit that you are bearing is a wrong type. Are you with me? So the Bible says that by the fruit of the Spirit, you say that it's not fruits. It's one word there, fruits. Is that right? It's a singular word. Because you are one spirit. Now, this is not the Holy Spirit. This translation is making a mistake by putting capital S. King James will put capital S for Holy Spirit and small s for human spirit. Supposed to be small, L, small letter S here. The fruit of the Spirit is not the fruit of the Holy Spirit. It is the fruit of a recreated human spirit. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit doesn't bear fruit. It bears fruit through your human spirit. It's your spirit that bears fruit. And that this corresponds with the words of our Lord Jesus Christ. He said, I am the branch. You are the branches. Where do you find fruit? On the vine or on the branches? Almost all fruit are found on branches. So the same way, it is your spirit man that bears fruit. So the Bible says this is the fruit of the spirit. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith. Go on. Meekness, temperance. We need to break down each one. Against such, there is no law. When your spirit man is the creator, it begins to bear this fruit. 
love begins to manifest. You are beginning to get more patience. You begin to have more self-control. So you can control what you say. These things are in you and they are inside every Christian. So you can control yourself. You can control your mind. You can control your move. You can tell yourself, I'm not going to look at that lady again. You can control because you have self-control. You can be more patient. Don't you ever say the gift of patience is what I don't have. You know I'm not a patient person. When you say that, you are going against what is happening in your spirit. The Bible says it's there. You can't be more correct than the Bible. So don't say I'm not, a patient, I'm not the patient type. You have been operating like the one that the impatient type. But the Bible says that you are patient. Hallelujah. So the more a man walks in the spirit, the more you see the manifestation of these things in him. And imagine where this thing, when they, when they dwell in homes, you'll see the peace of God. Love, joy, peace. Peace. You are not disturbed with this. Seeking for how to make a point, to assert your own point. Peace. Patience. Hallelujah. You keep bearing up. You just hold on. You are patient. You are not very fast to answer back, to talk, to judge. Sometimes they bring a case to you. You keep telling them that until the other person comes, I want to hear from him also. Thank God I've always said that about marriage every now and then. No matter what, if you come to me, God forbid, it's not you. If somebody comes to me with blood dripping over her face like this, that my husband, I will feel bad, for, feel sorry for you, sympathize with you, but no judgment until I talk to the other person. Because sometimes, until you hear from the part B, never draw a conclusion. No matter what somebody says, get the other side of the story. And at times, it will take the gift of patience to do that. You might hear something that you want to study your own opinion to read. But deep down inside, the patient tells you that, hold on, hold on, hold on. It's not so. When we demonstrate faith and we don't waver, it's also part of patience. So hold on. The Bible says, through faith and patience, they inherit the promise. Meekness. What is meekness? Gentleness. Jesus said that, learn of me, my yoke is, is there for a meek and lonely in heart. And the Bible is saying that when we have all these things, I will never forget, I'll close with this story. I remember a Christian many years back, you know, it happened on, I think it happened in you, I don't know, but it's what, not what I said, he told us the story that this brother was living with this very funny unbeliever. The guy showed the Christian brother Pepe. On Sunday morning, the Christian brother will iron his clothes and put it on the bed. And he will go to the bedroom to have his bath to come and dress up. This unbeliever guy will carry the clothes and soak it in homo and put water. And now he say, ah, I thought you laid them and you wanted to wash them. So I'm trying to help you as a Christian brother. And he will start laughing. He know, was being sarcastic, doing things. If was, but this guy wouldn't say anything. No problem. Go and wear something else. They went out one day. Outside UIG, they went to drink and they got drunk. And he related on himself, he got dirty. Others were drunk. And as they were coming to the gate, he fell down there dirty. And nobody wanted to carry him. And the friends left him there and went to their rooms. Somehow, word got to this brother that your roommate is at the gate with shit all over him. And he went there to carry him and brought him to the room, cleaned him up, and put him on the bed. Now, he didn't know the fullness of what happened. He woke up the following morning. It was Saturday night they went to drink. Sunday morning, he wanted to start again to discourage the guy from going to church. And he wanted to start. Then his friends came. They first of all beat him well. His own friends. They said, we that you call your friends. We left you at the gate. Where you were dirty. This guy came to pick you. And this is how you want to pay him back. So they beat him well. That we are unbelievers. But we have enough sense to know that you are evil. So when they finish beating, you know, some people, salvation comes by beating. <laughs> when they left, <laughs> he sat down on his bed. Having become obedient by the things he suffered. You know? <laughs> and he just thought about it. And he broke down, he was crying. And he went to this Christian brother, is it true? He said, yes, I carried you. And that was how he gave his life to Christ. 
guess what from that day? He served this brother. He will follow him for evangelism. He just couldn't find anything wrong with the person again. Some other people would have prayed thunder to fire the guy. <laughs> Hallelujah. Are you with me? This is very important. Look at it when I'm reading. If we all start living by this, it will be very wonderful. In the past several, six, seven years, how many times have I told people in this church, don't get angry and walk away because somebody said something about you. You that I'm looking at, can you get to that point also where you can be offended? When I got born again, one of the first ladies that got born again in my club before, I got born again in Genesis 3. Maybe she thought I wanted to toast her or so. One day I asked her to come and mop the floor or something, and then she was coming, and I think I wanted to ask her a question, and the way she answered me, said something. Remember that day that when I left the fellowship, I was just a celestial boy, just went to fellowship for the first time or so, and then he said, we should come and clean something, and I went back. I know that voice told me, the devil told me, this is, what they, this, is what, this is how they are. And I almost said I will never come back to that fellowship. But I just said to myself, no, I didn't come here because of this lady. I came here because God led me here. So she can't be the reason why I will leave. When I was in SS2, and I was now the president of the fellowship, I wanted we to do something, and I was asking her to go and help me do something. That picture just came back. Now what about if I left that time? The fruit of the Spirit. And they said something about me. You want to turn the whole world upside down because they said something about you. Even though you too, you have said things about other people. Love will just make us bypass all these things. Look at the story I told you some years back. It happened in one of the, one of, one of the churches here in Lagos where that lady demonstrated the heart of the Father. See, people like that, that kind of blessing, it stays with their family forever. She was hospitalized for three months and nobody came to check her from church. A church of over 2,000 people. She came back to the church when she was okay. She went to the pastor that I was sick and nobody came. I'm not angry. Can we start this department in church so that no other person will go through what I went through? And she said, I'm willing to head the department. If you were the devil, how would you feel? <laughs> Tormenting somebody for three months, expecting her to pour the bitterness on the people, but he said she's pouring in love. She started hospitality unit because nobody visited her and she didn't want that to happen to any other person. Angels would have danced in heaven that this is one of us. Someone else there told me, three months, three, three. One, week one, two, three, four, five. They didn't check me. And you, now others will, others will come around and sympathize with that. What kind of church is that? And you think you are making a point. Yes, truly. It's bad that they did not check you. But the Bible said, do not repay evil for evil. Break the cycle. Don't let it continue. I remember Engineer Fijabi. One of the leading Christian men in the city of Abelta. He has, he's not a pastor. He has a big school. He's an engineer. He speaks around. He's, a, he's an educationist, actually. And he said, this is a Muslim. When he was in Israel, he got born again. Fantastic man. He is one person that can call any governor in Abelta to order. And he's a very strong Christian man. And he was talking to us one day. He said, I operated this patient so much. Now, in the early days of our marriage, my wife would say things. And after she has finished talking everything, I would say that, your face is beautiful. So one day she locked me. And she was like, I want us to fight. <laughs> and I just said, yeah, I can't fight. I love you. I wonder if she asked him that. What is this? How, how, how do you do this? Said because it's called the love of God. I have just decided when you yell, I will not yell. No matter what. What do you say that? You don't know my wife. Ah! If you try that with her, she will kill you. Then die and go to heaven. <laughs> love is powerful. <laughs> I'm not saying you should not put down your some things on it, but to react in anger, to fight, to bash, to hit, to shout, to do all those things. Can, as a woman, can you make up your mind? Dear, I just love you. You are my husband. I'm going to honor you. These are, this is the, these are the secrets of great people. Kenneth Copeland said, okay, I should close with this. It was in, an, in a hotel in America. Thank God for men who are honest. He said, for some, for some unknown, we know men do that. He was just being he was just being naughty. Being, he was just nagging. He said, in the morning, they woke up in the room and Gloria said, good morning. They answer, 
Jesus. And he just finished a crusade. They were just going. He said, he said everything was just annoying him. Everything. Maybe the crusade didn't go the way they planned. They were going to the integral. I was talking, he wasn't answering. And they got to where they wanted to do breakfast. In the hotel in the morning, Gloria was carrying the spirit of joy. He said he was just using his nose to turn, you know, grumbling around the whole place. And he said that. Then Gloria said something that, are you okay? And he has, maybe answered that, did I tell you something? You know, how you, you're that kind of answer. Are you okay? So, am I okay? Did I, am I complaining? <laughs> and so he said, we're just taking bread, you know, buffet, or service, try. And he just turned back. He just looked at Gloria stood there. He said, he just saw with tears on her face. She held his hand and I said, Ken, whether you want to be like this or not, I have vowed to be the best wife ever. And you cannot change that. I still love you. He said, he broke down there. And he said it to us when we were celebrating our 50 year anniversary that this marriage is not doing well because of me. He said it's because of Gloria. He said that if Gloria can stay, she has never used any wrong word in this marriage. He said, but I can't say that. Can the couple say that? Then one day he said to Jesse Duplantis and um, Kate Moore, and Kate, he said, all of us here, we, we've been married for, for all of, most of them, like 50 something years. Kept, said, all of us here, we are having great-grandchildren, good marriage, everything. He said, not because of women, but because of these three women. That they made the home. Can you? So that's it. Don't say, see, you don't know my husband. <laughs> I don't know you, but I know the word of God. <laughs> and I'm telling you. But all I know is that your husband is not different from other people around. That's all. Hallelujah. So it's not a special breed. I know most of you listen to me have received what I've said now. See, but if I share this outside, there are those who are on their way home, they are nodding their hero. <laughs> you don't understand. You don't understand. Uh, uh, that man, he needs tough hand. When he's tough, you are tough back. That is how it's a balance of terror. <laughs> now that is what works in our own marriage. If he says one, you say five. That is how to balance it up. The fact that you've been doing that does not mean it's correct. There can be. You know what I sense here tonight? I see the spirit of joy here. Praise the Lord. Sometimes when I come out to preach to you like this, whether I'm Wednesday or Wednesday, I get challenged in different ways. The devil comes out. I don't even tell the leaders some of these things. A few times I tell them. I get challenged in different ways. I didn't mention it to anybody before. I was targeting the anniversary and targeting Wabek. But I told some of the leaders later, from December 20, 25th to about January 20, I was as sick as anything, what I couldn't explain. Yeah. I called one of the consultants in which hospital, and I went through a serious check, and they said nothing. I said, it's over. It's just time to pray. Like that. But I was still here preaching every now and then. Every. Because when you make up your mind that nothing will break the spirit of joy, Wabek started January 23rd, just on the day of Wabek. On my way there, I got well. From ECG to this one to this one, I did all the tests. I'm just saying to you. And then in the midst of that, I was still praying for people and they were getting well. But greater is it that is in us. So I'm saying that it shows up in many ways. Sometimes I'm coming to preach here, you see SMS from someone you love so, but something bad that just happened to them. But that should not affect our joy. That should not affect our joy. Are you with me? Praise the Lord. Are you, are you with me? This is how we train ourselves, we grow, how we keep growing. We're going to talk about more about this next week. How to live behind selfishness and walk in love. For the singles here, if you understand, if you practice what I'm sharing, you are blessed indeed. Honestly speaking, beyond the face of a woman, a good spirit attracts people. You become irresistible when you are beautiful inside. And the same thing goes for a man also. You become irresistible when you are beautiful inside. That's why we have to break away from all garbages and all these things. They must go. Are you with me? Praise the Lord. 
You are not even thinking of cheating any man. You think about people. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. A few times, you know, in the past, I've called some friends. I would have, oh, say, I want to get something. Maybe I'm spending some money and it's here to go. I said, you know what? No, can I get from Ricky from you now? That next week, I'll send it back to your account and everything. Now, within the week, if they call me and they are talking to me, I'll, I'll be, they are talking about something else. But we always chip it in that, Sharon, I'm supposed to give you from Ricky on Monday. It is called integrity. I'm not going to take advantage of you. As a child, when we're working here and even up to now, some people will do some things, some of the things that we, and then we'll be like, to be the main 25,000 to give them 50,000 without Anna we When we left Big Fridge, we were supposed to give them, they brought up at the last month uh, that there was one thing on record that they didn't uh, remember, and they said, well, I said, no problem. And I went to meet Madame, and I said that your accountant said that. She was shocked. He said, I'm not aware, but the accountant, I said, he said so, that I was supposed to give you 300. I said, you know what, we are working in another place now. Just give us a little, we'll pay. He said, you know what, anytime. I know, later she called me, I said, you know what, even if you don't have money, don't worry. Or you see, one day, God gave us the money, and I had to give her. My flesh didn't feel like. Especially she has said that if you don't have it. <laughs> well, we don't have it, so. <laughs> but you see, it's more than that. Do you know if Nigeria finds people like this, this nation will be healed? If all of us are not trying to grab like every other apostle, this nation will be healed if we do this. And this is what we need. People need role models in marriages, in business, in everything. Can you be one? So they can count on. They look at your life and they are full of joy. Say, this is what we want to do. Shall we write? Hallelujah. Thank you for listening to the teaching of Pastor Shola Oshumakinde. We believe you have been blessed. Worship with us at David's Court, number 25 Mojidi Street, off Twin Street, Ikeja, Lagos. On Sundays, our first service starts by 8 a.m. and our second service by 10 a.m. While our midweek service starts by 7 p.m. on Wednesday. Go and do great things. God bless you.